Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 59. So today I'm talking about observation skills. I'm talking about why they're important and I'm sharing nine thinking routines that you can use to boost your powers of observation and description. I've also created a special resource to accompany this episode with cheat sheets for each of the thinking routines mentioned here. You can go to the show notes to download your copy. Now, before we get started, don't forget last week, I was chatting to the delightful Mitch Bark about how to create wow moments. So do go back and listen to episode 58 if you haven't already. And before we start, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you like this podcast, please do go and give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. It takes a few seconds and it's really worth it. And if you really love it, please write us a short review. It does help to get the word out about this podcast. So thank you. So observation skills. As you'll know from previous episodes, I'm really fascinated by observation and really interested in developing my skills in this area. I have loads and loads of books on this subject. Now, most of the time, we are observing passively. We're missing out on so many details and a huge range of things that we simply don't notice. And the act of looking requires some work to improve it. But like a muscle, we can train it to work better. So in this week's episode, we'll talk first about why improving our observation skills is important before I move on to share a variety of thinking routines that focus specifically on this skill. And you can use these routines, you can use them to either improve or boost your own observation skills or, and or, you can use these with groups in your guided tours and programs. Now, I highly recommend you work on your own skills to start with. The more we notice, the more we observe, the better we are at encouraging our group members and participants to do the same. So let's look first at what observation is and why it's so important. So a few definitions. In the dictionary, observation is defined as the action or process of closely observing or monitoring something or someone. And I found some other nice definitions on the internet, such as observation is the active acquisition of information from a primary source. And Observation skills refer to the ability to use all five of your senses to recognise, analyse and recall your surroundings. So why is observation and noticing so important? Well, first of all, being able to observe and gather information about our surroundings is important because it's the basis 
of good communication. It's a way of gathering information. And when you hone your observation skills, you're able to read people better, which means you're able to interact with them better. So you're using more than just your listening skills, but you're being aware of everything else that is going on around you too. And improving your observation skills allows you to tune into everything that is happening around you. And this helps us to make better decisions. So remember episode 42 on how to read a group. Being observant is about what is happening in a group, being aware of that, and it helping us to ensure that everyone's engaged, they're enjoying the program, they're following along, or even that they're listening to us. So it's a way of gaining knowledge about the world, and it helps us to uncover complexities too. So being observant allows you to notice the minute details or little bits of information that others may miss. In addition, having great observation skills encourages you to be present and aware of the details of your daily life. And there are links to mindfulness too. So researchers from the University of Amsterdam found a link between various aspects of mindfulness such as observation skills, and other factors that are key drivers for creativity. And their results showed that strong observation skills were linked to greater creativity, originality, and flexible thinking. Having great powers of observation also helps your ability to interact to others and it helps you to respond to them in an appropriate way. And this is so important in your work, but also in your home life as well. And I think that honing our looking skills leads us to unexpected discoveries, things that pique our interest, our curiosity and may lead to new insights. And finally, Having great powers of observation will help you to find more joy and meaning and add so much more value to your life by observing things you would otherwise overlook. And the list could go on, but I hope I've already convinced you that it's worth devoting some time to training our brains to see more and to observe more accurately. So let's now move on to discussing some handy thinking routines that are focused exclusively on observation. Now, as I said, you can use these with groups, with artworks or objects, or you can use them yourself to see if you could improve your observation skills. You can pick and choose which ones take your fancy. So let's start with looking 10 times two. Now this thinking routine is in episode six, which is six essential thinking routines to have in your repertoire. And there's a reason that it's an essential thinking routine. So this routine helps you to slow down and make careful, detailed observation. It helps you to make a list or inventory of what you are observing. So it's an excellent thinking routine to use to focus just on observation and description. And as you may know, observation is a key part of the visible thinking in the museum or VTM method. It's vital to observe first when starting discussions with objects or artworks before you move on to interpretations. Now, this helps your participants to see the whole picture. It helps to spark curiosity. And crucially, 
it helps to slow down the knee-jerk reaction to want to start interpreting right away. So observation is always the first step for me in any art or object inquiry. However, some thinking routines don't include an observation and describing step and therefore this routine, looking 10 times 2, is so handy to have in your repertoire. You can combine it with another thinking routine. So it combines really well with thinking routines such as step inside, beginning, middle, end, main side, hidden, and so many more. So the first step of this routine asks you to look carefully for at least 30 seconds and then make a list of 10 words or phrases that you see in the image or object. You're then asked to repeat the exercise and find 10 more. So why do we do it twice? Well, by repeating the exercise, it encourages us to push beyond first impressions and our first glances, anything that's obvious. On the second time, you notice new things that you may not have seen before. Now, with this routine, it's great to share the observations in between the first and second step, or you can share all the observations at the end. And on tours or educational programs where time is often a bit tight, I frequently shorten this routine to five by two, asking for two lists of five words or phrases. And this routine works so well. It's incredibly flexible. You can do it individually, in pairs, in small groups, and you can be creative with the way you set it up too. So you can set a timer for completion of the list or you can ask young participants to draw what they see instead of writing. So that's looking 10 times two. But you could also try the elaboration game. So this thinking routine encourages you to look carefully at details and challenges you to develop imaginative and elaborative verbal descriptions. And a really key part of this routine it is, is that it encourages us to distinguish between observations and interpretations. It actually asks us to withhold our ideas about what we're looking at, so the interpretations, until the end of the routine. And this is important. This strengthens our ability to reason carefully because it gives us practice making sustained observations before we jump into judgment or interpretation. And as we know, this is very important to avoid those hasty interpretations that can so often happen. So the elaboration game is a great routine for distinguishing between observation and interpretation, but it also helps to develop detailed descriptive vocabulary and it provides a chance to practice effective listening and building shared knowledge. So I think this routine is a great one for reinforcing the value of going beyond a quick glance and revisiting an object to learn more. So here's how it works. So one person identifies a specific section of an artwork or an object and describes what they see. Another person elaborates on the first person's observations by adding more detail about the section. A third person elaborates further by adding more detail and a fourth person adds yet more. Then we identify a new section 
of the artwork or object and we start over. It can be done individually, small group or whole group and you can choose the sections as the facilitator or let the group choose the sections to observe. To give it a go, it's a really engaging way to observe and describe and get the whole group involved. And if you're doing it on your own, perhaps you could get a friend or a colleague to come with you and you could play the game in pairs. In some respects, it's similar to Yes And, which is which I've been using as a warm-up and observation activity for years. And this routine is borrowed from improv. Yes And asks us to go round in a group quite like the elaboration game, and make observations about an artwork or object using the following framework. So the first person says, I see X. The next person, yes, you see X and I see Y. The next person, yes, you see Y and I see Z. And you carry on like this. It's great fun and a really good way to warm people up. So let's move on to colour shape lines. So in episode 28, I talked about how to engage with colour in art discussions and we explored colour shape line. And it's one of my favourite thinking routines to use to start a discussion about an artwork or object. It asks you to observe in categories, all of them elements of art. So we start with colour, describe what colours we see, and then we move on to shapes and lines. And yes, it's as simple as that. It's an easy entry point into artworks or objects. And actually, it works really well with abstract or conceptual art that may be a bit challenging for audiences to engage with or even to know where to start. Now, I quite often ask the group to be very specific when describing the colours or shapes or lines. So instead of just saying red... I think about how they could describe that colour to someone who couldn't see it. So they might suggest blood red or postbox red or cherry red. They might say wiggly lines or natural shapes. And this encourages descriptive language. And you could even collect up the responses, make them visible on a portable whiteboard and create poetry out of them afterwards. Similar to this thinking routine, one that's asking you to observe in categories is nouns, adjectives, verbs. And this thinking routine helps us to slow down and make careful observations about an object. And then we categorize our descriptions into parts of speech. So again, it helps us to think carefully about the words or phrases that we use to describe what we're looking at and really makes us push beyond first glances. So we look at an object for a while, then we will list five nouns, we'll look again and list five adjectives, we'll look a third time and then we'll list five verbs and at the end we'll share a new observation. Now name, describe, act is very similar to this thinking routine. It's from the 2019 book, The Power of Making Thinking Visible. And it also helps us with close observation, describing in layers of detail, enhancing our vocabulary. But the key difference with this thinking routine is that we're asked to do it from memory. So here's how it works. You look at an image for one to two minutes and then you remove it from sight. And working from memory, 
We start with name, making a list of all the parts and features that we remember. So these will be nouns. Then we'll do describe. We'll add a description for each of the things we've named. And then finally, for each of the things we've named, we'll talk about how they act. What are they doing? And these may be, but not limited to, verbs. So try name, describe, act. And it brings me quite nicely onto memory draw and slow complexity capture. So these are the last two thinking routines that I'm going to mention today on our whistle stop tour of observation thinking routines. Don't forget, they're all in the free resource that I'm giving away today with this episode. So memory draw is a thinking routine that can be used to explore objects from memory. Again, it helps us to avoid the hasty glance and makes us look more closely. So you're asked to spend some time looking before the image is removed and you're asked to draw everything you remember from memory as best as you can. So your mind is a photocopier and you're trying to reproduce an image as accurately as you can. And then the key part is that we spend some time comparing our drawing to the original and we discuss questions like what seems to match up when you compare your version to the original, what seems different, what's missing, what's not present and it's a really useful routine to think about what you notice and what you don't notice. And finally, another thinking routine for drawing and observation is slow complexity capture. And this routine asks you to find, capture, explain and wonder about an object through drawing. And both this routine, memory draw and parts, purposes, complexities, are covered in detail in episode 25, three routines for slow looking and drawing. So that's it. Gosh, we covered a lot. We spent some time thinking about why observation is important. I've introduced you to nine different thinking routines that you can use to observe and describe. Use them on your own to improve your observation description skills or use them with your groups to create engaging discussions about art and objects. Have fun and don't forget to download the free resource that accompanies this episode. And before you go, don't forget to join our Facebook community for the podcast, The Slow Looking Club. You can look for The Slow Looking Club under groups in Facebook, or I've put a link in the show notes. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bound. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.